On this edition of the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show, we have a special guest, Kelly Charles She of Grayson's Estate Sales, where we talk about the process and value of hiring estate sales pros for your home or preparing your home for sale. We also talk about what items are popular and selling, side note, Kelly has a specialist in denture buying. And finally, we also talk about where you can find estate sales here locally in the South Bay to have a little bit of a fun shopping experience. We hope you enjoy the episode. Let's get it started. Kelly, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you here from Grayson's Estate Sales. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. (laughs) We're really pumped to have you here because so many people don't know enough about estate sales and you are the go-to expert here in the South Bay and Beach Cities. So I would love it if you would give us a little bit of a summary of what you and Grayson's do for your clients. Oh, absolutely. Again, thanks for having me. What an estate sale is, is it's a kind of an in-home, usually in-home or in-business liquidation of the assets inside of the home. We sell everything from clothes to cars, and it's usually in the case of when someone passes away, downsizes, relocates. There's so many people moving out of the state right now. Usually the, the home is vacant, but sometimes someone's still living there, a family member or something like that. I've liquidated businesses too. I did a 6,000 square foot brewery one time that lost their lease. Wow. Um, Yeah, that was really cool. It was a horror themed bar called Phantom Carriage in uh, Carson. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So we did, we were selling like, you know, Halloween kind of decor, but like they had such a following. We had like 200 people waiting to get in that sale. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wow. So we, there's going to be a lot to unpack here on this episode. So great. So you basically are liquidating Mm -hmm. homes, businesses, commercial based on a bankruptcy, someone passing away, you know, whatever brings to life or just a store closing. How did you, first of all, you got (laughs) to tell me a little bit of your background and how did you get into this business? And then we can get into some of the stories oh, and sure, details. Because sure. okay. I just go, how the heck do you get into <laughs> right? estate sales? Okay, well, you know, actually, uh, as a kid, my family would buy and sell at the swap meet every week. And my dad was a bottle collector. So you know how when most people collect something, they go buy it? Sure. Well, we would actually go digging for bottles um, my, in like ghost towns and, and things like that. Yeah. And so when I was a kid, I didn't really think that I would get into this as an adult and that I'd be doing this. So I was in the financial industry for quite a while and I got kind of bored. And um, I thought, what would I be great at? So I approached Grayson's, which is one of the largest estate sale companies in North America. We've got 31 franchises and they were, I saw a sign in my neighborhood for an estate sale for that company. And I was like, let me give them a call. And I pretty much made them give me a job. I like, yes. <laughs> I wouldn't take no for an answer. You're like, I was raised and born to do this. (laughs) You have no idea how much of a fit this is for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So you would go to swap meets and... We would sell when I was a kid. You would sell things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your father collected bottles. But tell me what you learned during that. Is that, (laughs) I mean, as a realtor, we're helping buy and sell homes all the time Mm -hmm. and you figure out values. Did you become 
almost an expert on antiques, collectibles, used clothes? Like, what did you learn growing up that then eventually I, made you I this expert? Now. Yes. <laughs> like, tell us a little oh, bit about, about that and what okay. you would buy and sell as a kid. Okay, sure, sure. So we would buy and sell anything. Um, my dad would buy stuff at the swap meet. And early, early in the morning and then resell it later that day for more money. It was ridiculous. Wow. I know. So I wish I could say that I retained all that knowledge from when I was a kid, but really I didn't because I didn't think I'd be doing that. Although I was a treasure hunter this whole time, I didn't really think I'd be doing something to make money at, at that it as an adult. It was more of a hobby yeah. and for fun yeah. rather than business. Well, something my family wanted to do. Yeah. We'd go to antique stores and things like that. But um, I can tell you now that as an adult and re- reselling for, I've done over 170 liquidations. I've become wow. kind of a general expert on how to price things. What And also you have to kind of know what the market will bear in your area. Mm-hmm. You know what of I mean? Course. Like an estate sale, something priced here in the South Bay is going to, they're going to get a different price if they have this, this same item at a sale in downtown LA, Orange County. Totally. Yes. Based on the community, the culture, what the item is. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Fascinating because this is like, (laughs) this is just bringing all sorts of things because I'm thinking about the Gary V's on Instagram, Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's like, let's go garage sailing. And he goes and buys things for, you know, $1 or a bunch of baseball mm-hmm. cards for $10 and sells them all for, for $200 the next day. Is that a little <laughs> bit what estate sales are like, or is it different because you're dealing with, let's say, since this is residential, a homeowner? What? How does that dynamic work? You're not really looking to buy and then reset sale. You're looking to help showcase someone's assets in a liquidation and get top dollar for that. Is that Correct. That, that's what they've hired me to do is get the most maximum amount of money I can for their items. But sometimes we have to discount along the way to get everything liquidated because also part of my job is getting a home empty at the of end. Course. So on the first day, I really try to get as much money as I can for mm-hmm. their items. First day. Now, what's yeah. the first day? Hold on. Slow down. So you've got, <laughs> no, I mean, this is, this is great. You're getting right. I want to get into that part because I know where you're going. But for our listeners who mm-hmm. don't know, when you have an estate sale, there's obviously preparation up front. Oh, yeah. So you're prepping a home, you're mm-hmm. getting things priced, you're doing your research, photos, etc. And that happens a week or two ahead of time. Exactly. Because I take hundreds of photos and I put it online. Most Uh people use an app or a website to find local estate sales. Mm -hmm. And I know that they're looking at the pictures to make a decision on where they want to go. And you're on all those apps and websites. And so you're showcasing, let's say someone in South Redondo Beach has a 3000 square foot house with tons of custom furniture. Maybe they were a Star Wars fanatic (laughs) and have a movie room with Star Wars Uh memorabilia. You're highlighting those big juicy pieces on these apps a week ahead of time, two weeks ahead of time. And then when is the day you go live? What's the first day typically? What does that look like? Okay. So that hopefully has a big line waiting for me when I open. No, I'm just kidding. I I, I believe it is though. If you've marketed it right or the house has a lot of stuff, there's a line on the first day. Is that a Thursday? Is that a Friday? When is the first day? Uh, Just depends. It depends on if it's a one, two or three day sale. Mm -hmm. If it's like a three day sale, I like to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but just kind of depends. You know, we here in the South Bay, we have to think about things like street sweeping and trash day. Yes, of course. 
course, and, you those know, details like that. matter. And um, these, you know, these big concerts that they have near the water, and you know, all these things that the beach cities, all the challenges that it brings. But it's not really. It it just makes my job interesting. It doesn't bother me. But there's a lot of factors that go into what days we pick for these states. So I love that you <laughs> think through that because yeah. we think when Sergio and I are bringing a listing, we're like. Oh, that's a uh, spring break for Manhattan Beach or for mm-hmm. Palace Verdes. We're not going to list on that week. Those details matter to Absolutely. get the most eyeballs Absolutely. and the highest price. Yeah. So amazing. So you're working around those details mm-hmm. of concerts in the park or street sweeping, or if you need a permit for a certain day. Right. There's permits for certain cities and all kinds of things like that. that Beautiful. We have to know. So you get that all handled on on behalf of, Absolutely. let's say, the homeowner, yeah. and you have your first day. And what does that typically uh-huh. look like? It's a little nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's fighting, I'm sure. Oh, there is for... kind of arguments over some things. They are, and, and people asking me, where's this? Some people will show me my own photos on their phone and say, where's this? Where's this? Where's this? Where's this? And I'm like, oh, it's here. It's here. It's here. One time I took a picture of a box of staples. Uh-huh. Just a box of staples. Okay. And they showed me the picture and they said, where's this box of staples? And I knew right where it was because I had taken the photo. So I'm like, okay, let me go down to the office and go get it. And so the, they put to, they asked me where all these things were. And mm-hmm. they're like, we want these couches. I'm like, which ones? And they're like, all of them. And I'm like, all of them? Okay, great. Because furniture is hard to sell. Yes. And so they made a pile of thousands of dollars worth of things. And I said at the end, I said, okay, what? I'm sorry. I have to ask, what are you doing with these things you have a you clearly have a store right and they're like no this is for the set of a tv show these are all props oh my goodness and they're like everything in here was probably the perfect yes. aesthetic that they yes. were looking for for the it tv was a, show it was a 70s themed show and that's so why they perfect. wanted the that staples because it was back from the 70s yeah. so yeah. my goodness you're selling and staples from the 70s right. Yeah. And there's a buyer for it if right. it's marketed properly. Oh, I have a denture buyer. <laughs> wow. So when you have dentures left yes. over at an estate sale, that gets sold. In fact, I'm always telling you, realtors, do not throw away the dentures, please. I have a buyer for everything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. So when you see dentures, are you calling this one buyer? Yeah. What does... Give us an idea. What does a pair of dentures... They're used pair dentures. Of dentures go for? First of all, what do they go for? And number two... What, what, what does this person do with them? Or you don't ask questions. Oh, no. They, I, I know who they are. They're, they're a great customer of mine. They have uh, oddities. Spot. Okay. Got an oddities. Yeah. Okay. Got they, it. That's their thing. That's, they sell they oddities do. and it, they're great at it. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you have a first day. Tell me how that goes. Is normally what clears out first? Because you mentioned furniture is hard to sell. So I imagine mm-hmm. furniture is what normally sells. Unless it's mid-century modern. Mid-century <laughs> modern is... is it's really and, in right now, right? And when you see how... Houses that are amazing in centuries, they yes, go yes. as well. So yeah. what tell us what typically mm-hmm. sells on the first day. So clients, people listening to this who may have an estate sale from an older relative who passed away, or maybe it's a, a moving sale. Do you do moving sales where yeah. someone goes, I'm sure. moving across country, I'm buying a house that's fully furnished, I'm leaving all my possessions. Sure. Tell us what normally goes in the first day and what's most valuable, would you say? Uh, well, we usually sell a good amount of jewelry on the mm-hmm. first day. You know, records. People come for the records. Interesting. Sometimes okay. if we have good books or signed books, people come for that. 
you know, furniture kit, the Danish uh, mid-century furniture will, will sell right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a little bit of everything sells the first day. What people do is they'll they'll know that they have to, if they really want the things that they want in the pictures that they've seen and that they're coming for, get them on the first day yeah. and then come back the second or third day for the d- discount days and see what's left. So I get it. <laughs> so the stuff they really want, yeah. like I, I mentioned that movie theater with Star Wars. If there was a Star Wars mm. poster someone wanted, that goes on day one. One, they may go, there's some other Star Wars stuff in the movie theater, but they leave those be and they go, I want to try and negotiate a really good deal on day two, day three. (laughs) Amazing. Okay. Wow. So then you know how then how to run these sales. For sure. Let's flip it back because a lot of people that are listening are probably people who are looking to sell a house Mm -hmm. that they've inherited from a grandparent, a mother, a father, an aunt, an uncle, whatnot. What do you do for the homeowners or the beneficiary selling? Can you tell us that process? How does your business help them get top dollar on their possessions that they need to sell? And typically, if it's on your website or not, typically, what is your fee for those charges? And I'm sure it's on a case-by-case basis. Mm -hmm. But can you walk us through that process for the homeowners, your clients that are running these estate sales? Absolutely. Yeah. So sometimes realtors call me saying they have an issue. Sometimes family members call me saying that they have a home full of things. When family calls me, well, regardless of who calls me, I go in and do a free consultation. I walk through the whole property, see the scope of work, take into a lot of factors, you know, what kind of things that they have. And then I, I base um, what they've shown me, I, I quote them a percentage of what it's going to cost to run the sale. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they know right up front, like what our percentage that we're going to take is I'm really fair and honest, you know, I'd like everything to be transparent for them. And, uh, and then we kind of set a date if they've got a date and we'll come back in a couple weeks before the sale, take photos and, um, then set everything up the day, like a week before the estate mm-hmm, sale. Mm-hmm. And then we'll hold either one, two th- or three day event. And then after the sale, we'll clear out the property, get everything that didn't sell cleared out because we know that probably the next stage of the home is getting it staged mm-hmm. or showing it empty. So yes. we want to leave it empty for the next phase. Now we're, they're going to get a good amount of money from the estate sale for sure. But we're always mindful of the fact that the real paycheck is usually the sale of the home. Mm-hmm. So the faster we can get to that, the faster they can get to that check. So we're mindful of escrow dates, repairs that need to be done on the homes and things like that. Getting this project moving forward quickly if they need to. You are so smart because that is, that's the ultimate goal every time Mm -hmm. is this Mm -hmm. is a really valuable asset if it's here in the South Bay or Beach Cities. Mm -hmm. Getting that sold is priority number one. Of course, getting top dollar for those possessions is a big deal and significant money, but the greater item is normally the home sale. So I appreciate that you try and work efficiently and then get the house cleared out because I have so many clients, especially older clients Mm -hmm. that inherit properties and selling a house is an overwhelming experience, let alone a house full of stuff that's 50, 60, 70 years old and having to sell that or get rid of it. And you handle that whole process for them. Absolutely. And most people's concerns are, I don't want this all, all this stuff to go in a landfill. Right. I, I want someone to enjoy and get it rehomed. Mm-hmm. So let's do that. And also, if you think about it, an estate sale is a great way to get eyes on the home as far as I give out a lot of times customers 
or neighbors will mm-hmm. come and they'll ask me for the realtor's info. I've sold homes at estate sales before. Right. Oh, interesting. I had a like an older home on Manhattan Avenue. Uh-huh. It was I don't know if you know the house specifically. It's this older green home, one of the first four homes built in Hermosa Beach. Oh wow! And, and, and I think I know it was that white green, one that kind of sits it's up. A, it's it green now. Crazy okay, green I'm thinking a different one. Then. <laughs> and a realtor came. She's a great customer of mine. She came to the estate sale and she said, "I think I have a buyer for this home." Wow! And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure you do." You know, uh-huh. like, everyone says I hear that this to all me. the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, she's like, "No, I'm serious." So I took her up and showed her the you know the rooftop deck and took her up the spiral staircase. Showed her everywhere the alley apartment, all these places that customers, mm-hmm. it was not safe for customers to go right. through. Right. No one was allowed uh, there. <laughs> no, no, no. And so, and eventually her client ended up buying that house. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So then it does get exposure. At least it starts mm-hmm. to hype the yeah. property. Yeah. Because that if something's going to come on the market. Yeah, there's been neighbors probably that maybe they rent in the neighborhood. They want to keep their kids in the same school district. They've driven by this house for years. And now what's going on? Is it going to be put on the market? Yes. And they want to see it. Let me see it. So it's almost like a soft opening, so to speak. And if you've it got a really be, yeah. nicely, neatly organized mm-hmm. estate sale that is well presented, it's almost like presenting the home nicely. Yeah, well. exactly. Some realtors are like, well, it's not ready yet. It's not painted, you know, mm-hmm. it just depends how you feel about that. It, I mean, of course, <laughs> of course. I love it. Well, then here's what I want. I want listeners to understand because I've gone through this process before with homeowners that I've mm-hmm. listed their homes yeah. for. And there are some people where every dollar counts because maybe they were living in the house or they were expecting to, you know, whatever the net proceeds are mm-hmm. to live on this. And some of them have taken on their sales, their estate sales themselves. And I encourage them that you don't even have to explain. (laughs) I encourage them not to take it on because just like you said there, you're like, I have a dentures. Was that what it was? Buyer, buyer. a denture buyer. Like, does that homeowner have a denture buyer to go at? Like the amount of buyers that you have for specialty products that you probably pay for your fee right then and there. And I always talk to clients, I go, running an estate sale and marketing it is tough work. You need to hire a professional. And what I see is, is the estate sale experts, you're so on top of it. You do it every day that you end up getting way more money than a homeowner doing it themselves. And oh, by the way, they don't lift a finger because you do everything. So they end up when they hire you, they make more money than if they do it themselves and they eliminate all the stress, all the work of doing it themselves and they end up netting more money. Is that what you typically see? Did I blow your sales pitch right there? Yeah. (laughs) I did. I'm sorry. But look, at least they're hearing it from me because I've seen what you can do And it's incredible. Well, it's not just that either. I mean, we do all that. We get more money than they probably would. But part of why we do estate sales for families is because no matter what they say, oh, I'm not emotionally attached to these things. They're Mm -hmm. not my things. They are. They're emotionally attached to these things. When they get people coming in and saying, can I have this for a dollar? Oh, this is stained. Can Mm -hmm. I have... It's... it. They can't unhear these things. That's going to affect them because... You know, some of our customers, they just, they want to deal and it doesn't matter what, what comes out of their mouth to get it. Mm -hmm, You know what I mean? mm -hmm. I mean, I love my customers. They're great. I see the same customers every week. I love them, but you know, they're not always the most sensitive 
to their comments because they know it's just me. <laughs> and I'm definitely not emotionally attached to these things. Of so. course. No, and, and that's why you have attorneys and realtors and all these other trades because when you can be emotionally attached to something, sometimes it makes it harder to actually get the job done and get exactly. something sold. Exactly. Negotiating is, is harder if you're if emotionally you've grown attached up with to, a yeah. teddy bear that right? was in your room for 40 years yeah. and you want $25 for it, but you know it's really only worth $5 and it's like, hey, you want to get the $5 now this weekend rather than it getting donated or hopefully not thrown in a landfill, yeah. but it could, you know, those type of things, that's where you come in. I love yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. I do this for families every week. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're really good at it. We're really efficient. We'll set it up a lot faster than people. We have things like garment racks and tables that we yes. bring in and, you know, make it look kind of like a little consignment shop in a way. Things are priced usually, at least about half of the things are priced. I mean, more if we have more time, less if we have less time. But we we encourage people to kind of make piles of things too. And, you know, we'll give you a price for and Right, and you pile. get a discount if you buy in bulk or things yeah. of that nature. Now, how do you go about pricing? Is it you just do this so often, you understand generally what the market is going to yield for certain pieces, or are you on eBay's app <laughs> looking up comps for eBay? Cause I know that's a big thing. Are you going to swap meet still and you're able to go see what people are reselling things for? How do you end up pricing these items at the right value? What's your strategy? How do you do mm. it? We, we have a lot of apps that we use that we can look things up. We look at sold listings on eBay. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people look up Don't prices look on eBay. what people no, no, no. are asking for because that's <laughs> sold not a listings, comp. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of other apps and other ways to look up pricing for items because we want to make sure we get it priced right. Got it. And so you can rely on that like a bigger internet type thing. And yeah. I, I can imagine sometimes things might sell on eBay for $100, but if you price it at 70 that incentivize someone to come and buy it and then they have a little bit of margin to maybe resell on ebay Mm -hmm. so is that are you almost like the wholesaler and then you've got a bunch of ebay sellers that come in or is that not the right metaphor of kind of how the market works you know i don't know where they resell but Mm -hmm. my my customers that i see the most often probably are resellers Mm -hmm. because if you think about it the average person they just need one couch and then right. they get their couch and I may never see them again sure. to buy couches. Uh-huh. But a reseller, they need another couch and another couch and another couch. So, to fill uh, up their shop. Yeah. Do you have a shop? No, no, have no. Have you no. ever considered opening no. a shop? I'm just, uh, I, I, it's not my... Is, is not my thing. Your, I, your I thing is estate I want to sell them on site there. I don't have a store. I don't mm-hmm. have a warehouse. Right. I don't have a storage unit. I, I don't even, I can only fit supplies in my garage for my business. But that's a good question. People ask me that all the time. They think that I do like the torn street fair and things uh-huh, like that because uh-huh. they see me there and I'm walking around. I'm just saying hi to people with my dog. Sure. Like yeah, I don't. Because you enjoy it. You yes. grew up going to them. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Maybe learn yeah. a thing or two on something that might have value. Oh yeah. Buy some clothes, whatever. You know, I don't, I don't have a, a stall or anything. And look, that makes sense. <laughs> it kind of sounds like me as, as a realtor, I'm selling houses. Whereas someone with a retail store reminds me more of a builder who may buy a lot and build the home and they have mm. the inventory of the house that they're selling yeah. where your buyers are typically retail yeah. operations. Well, I also feel like it could be a conflict of interest if, say, um, if I did resell somewhere mm-hmm. or if I did my own cleanouts after an estate sale. You know, if I 
If I cleaned the property out myself, I have an, another company do it for me. But if I cleaned it out myself, people would start to ask, is she pricing these a certain way? So they, yes. they don't, you know, I don't want people to go there. I don't want their minds to go there. I think you're so smart. If, if any of our listeners are listening right now, <laughs> that is your reason to hire Kelly right here, because I agree with you a hundred percent. I think it's a conflict of interest too. And I think you just gave the perfect answer of why you're trustworthy and someone should hire you because people have come to me when I list their home for sale and they go, well, if some developer or flipper would buy it and I flipped and developed homes before they go, why don't you buy it? And I go, well, that's a conflict of interest because right. then I'm trying to get your home for the lowest possible price so I can flip it as a profit. I will never buy one of my clients' homes that I'm actively listing because, as you said, gotcha. it's, a, it's a, a conflict of interest. So yeah. I love that answer that you just put out there because your only goal is to get the highest price yeah. for your clients. And, of course, I'm sure with your fees, you're incentivized the more – you sell things for absolutely the more you make because you're taking a cut yeah. of the sales. I only work on commission. That's I amazing. I don't get an hour. You don't right? have a flat fee. Do you have a flat fee? You've no, got no, to no. have a flat fee for showing up. No, no. You are strictly a percentage I only, I work of what gets strictly done. Strictly on commission. That's amazing to me. That's just a no-brainer for a homeowner of going. I don't have to do the work. I don't have the connections. And Kelly just hands me a check yep. and does all the work efficiently, yeah, yeah, yeah. clears out my house, gets it ready for sale. I don't want people to worry about anything, you know? Because And sometimes my clients aren't even in the state. You know, you have yes. you sell for people. You, maybe you don't even meet them, but you, they're like out of state. Someone passes away in California. They've got a home here. They don't necessarily want to keep coming yes, out to handle all these things. Yes, they have to fly, things. then they have yeah. to get an expensive hotel room, and they're here for weeks, and they have to yeah. take off work. It's a no-brainer for you. Okay, great. I love this. <laughs> now... I'm going to ask the questions that probably everyone is waiting okay. for, because when you're selling stuff as an estate sale, you probably have some crazy stories or you've oh sold <laughs> some amazing pieces. Can you share any store? I mean, the denture one is gold right there that you have a denture buyer. <laughs> uh -huh. Are there any other stories or pieces that stick out in your mind that sold for a crazy price that you didn't think they would or something that, you know, was worth a ton of money that ended up selling. I mean, any cool stories you could uh, share? With I us? do. I do have some cool stories, but one item that I really liked that I thought was really cool. Are you familiar with the historic bells on the 101 freeway? Those ones that say El Camino Real on them? Gosh, I'm not sure, you've Sergio. Seen, have you, you ever seen have the bells? Seen them. I'm sure, okay, you've we've probably seen them and seen driven them. by them, and you'll probably see them now and okay. think of me. But yeah, there's. I think there's. Uh, there's not as many as there used to be, but there's some left. Mm -hmm. And I actually had one of those bells, and it's not often that you actually have an, a real piece of history wow. to sell. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how my client got it because mm -hmm. he had passed away, and his daughter didn't know how she got or how he had acquired it either. But it was a 75-pound bell. Wow. You know? And um, I'll and you were able to trace it back to where it was from, and you were able to sell that. Did it get sold to a collector, a mm -hmm. museum, a, a retailer who's going to flip it? How, who did it <laughs> and I, you don't have to, you know, unveil who it is, but what does something like that sell for? Big bucks? I, you know, I, I don't remember exactly what it sold for. It was sold but for it a sold. lot. Yeah, sold yeah, yeah, yeah. It sold for, for quite a good, good amount. Sold to a collector. I mm -hmm. don't know if he'll keep it in his collection for a long time. It, probably if he got offered the right number. 
because everything has a price, right? Of course. If he got offered the right price, he would probably sell it. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't follow it now. I don't know what it's going to go on with it now. But that was a really cool item to have, just a piece of history. That's you know what I mean? Really, I like the historical pieces too. Yeah. Like if yeah. you had some sort of cool beach city relic, yeah. you know, that people connect with of maybe a bar that was closed yeah. or a restaurant back in the day or, a, you know, an old church or something mm-hmm. like that. That's really cool. What's in right now, you had mentioned mid-century furniture is hard to sell, which I agree with you. Mm-hmm. And I have clients who are like, my parents paid all this money for this custom furniture. And I'm like, mm-hmm. But that was custom 40 years ago. It's not in trend unless it's mid-century, as you said. What else is in trend? I mean, I know like baseball cards, sports memorabilia had its moment during COVID. Mm -hmm. Are there things that are hot right now that you're seeing like... I'm just trying to think like from, from a pair of rollerblades to, you know, or roller skates. I'm thinking in that realm, are there cool old bicycles that sell or is it, you know, Hollywood memorabilia? Are there, you know, surfboards that people collect, you know, wetsuits, whatnot? What, what is selling You're right now? Like in the beach cities. I'm oh, thinking it must beach be wetsuits. Cities, you know, or wetsuits. But, and I know you've gone beyond wetsuit. Maybe like you said, records are a little bit larger of a market because not everyone needs a wetsuit but what's kind of in trend or they just need hot one wet pieces suit and then they move on and then they yeah, move on yeah. yes no i'm just kidding uh, no usually my customers really like older stuff every mm-hmm. time i have like this newer stuff pottery barn and restoration hardware they're kind of like kelly when are you gonna get some old stuff yes because they can get that online anywhere and it's, it's not unique maybe, yeah they so really they like want older retro stuff. yeah antiques mm, just more mid-century retro. so it's retro, mid-century yeah. what like 70s stuff yeah 80s 60s 60s 70s. yeah okay and it's kind of a, a this mid-century furniture has a special look too it's mm-hmm. like kind of teak and has a, a a look to it like the s- same same furniture built that same time frame that doesn't look like that isn't going to sell as well it's not just the time frame it's the look that ha- they have to have it too but also um Let's see. What else do they like? Well, I don't know. I've got collectors for everything. Like owls are really in when I have mm-hmm. mushrooms. People really people like People love the mushrooms. mushrooms okay. Yeah, I don't what know What about why. trains? Like the collectible trains? They always sell. I wouldn't say okay. people ask me for trains very mm-hmm. often, but they sell for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But um, people don't have the space in their house for a big train track like they used to. I've seen whole rooms full of a train track, you know, but people just don't have the space for They that don't anymore. have the space. Yeah. What about like holiday decor? Are okay. people, do people vintage go Vintage Christmas. Okay. A lot of buyers love vintage See, Christmas. See, here we go. So when you go up into the garage and <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. December and it's not out. Oh, there's if, called, there's a huge thing called Christmas in July. Where people want the, the Christmas stuff yeah, and they put it up. it's a huge thing at like, in like Long Beach or something at the Long Beach. Long uh, Mar- Beach, Sergio, yeah. come on. At the Long Beach, like the market there. They have a Christmas in July have, sale. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so my buyers are looking for that now. Old so they can, school they Christmas can sell then. and they can sell yeah, them like in the July. Yeah, like blow molds. You know the blow molds, like the snowmen? And yes. The, yeah. So then people look for that. Okay, yeah. so holiday decor is one even that people in- would, wouldn't even think about. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be around Christmas. That's but it has amazing. to be vintage Christmas is the key. Like new Christmas totally. stuff. And I can imagine like because it's so expensive to buy holiday decor online because I think it's a specialty item that it's like if you can go to an estate sale, maybe you're getting really cool, unique pieces, but it's probably 
at a better buy than what you can, unless it's that really in-demand retro, it sounds like. Well, we have Candy Cane Lane where where we're at. Yeah, in El Segundo and in Torrance. Yeah. Both the places right there. So they have great holiday decorations. I love doing homes there because some of their estate sales have. Right, 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 right. Christmas, oversized Christmas decor. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, why don't you tell us, because we're obviously going to be posting this podcast here in the coming month in, in June, do you have some things that you're working on coming up this summer? I know you probably can't disclose the addresses or right. where, or maybe you can disclose the general vicinity, but do you have some estate sales coming up that you're excited about for this summer? For sure. You for do. sure. Can I you have some things in my pipeline. So they can gear up and check your website and you know what apps they should check to get alerts from you on when you have uh, estate sales coming. I think estatesales.net is a good one okay. because um, that's got a map of where you, where all the sales are in the area. It goes got about it. two weeks out if you have an iPhone. It goes further out if you have a regular an Android an phone. Android? Okay. Yeah. And you can see what sales I've got coming up. Amazing. So we can type in Grayson's Beachside South Bay. You just got to look at the map. I mean, yeah, and, there's and, a list. Oh, so there'll be just, estate sales everywhere. And if you click on them, they might then, see you on it. It has the description okay. of what's going to be there. Yeah, the, all these um, marketing bullet points that I put in my marketing campaign are kind of treasure tracker words for people. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. set up words ahead of time that like they're tracking. Like hashtag words that are trending yeah. that people want. If so they're looking look for, for those records, words. then yeah. Then Amazing. It's a so you'll make word. sure that you put in records if you've got them. Yeah. So then if we have someone looking for Christmas in July, you can put Christmas in July. Could any be sort of those. Their treasure tracker words. Yes. Yeah, Star Wars, baseball cards, uh-huh. surfboards, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't really know what the, what people put in because I, I don't set those up for myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm not try, trying to track any treasures. But, okay. Um, they're tracking <laughs> they their treasures, it. but yeah. you put in the tag words of what you've for got sure. for sale in there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so estatesales.net. Dot net, and mm-hmm. that's basically the go-to place to come and find I your think stuff. so. I mean, there's so many others that I advertise on too. Dot com, mm-hmm. uh, .org is a good one. Estatesales.org is good. They're all good, but mm-hmm. I just like the map feature on .net. I don't know why. It's just... <laughs> for sure, for sure. I like to know who's... If there's other sales in my area, because if there's like, say, two in an area, I feel like people are going to go to both. Mm -hmm. Because of gas prices these days, I feel like that they're more strategic in where they go. And so I kind of like, I don't mind. Try and have a few in the same area. Yeah, if there's another one in the area, it doesn't bother me, you know? It brings more customers into the area. No, I love it. If I've got a condo, but then there's a new home on the market Uh and then a townhome on the market, I love it because people are all just going to those homes. Or the open houses. Yeah, if you have an open house and you feel like there's three others in the area you're gonna get people. you're excited because yeah. more people go to see it i love it now can't do obviously we've talked a lot about sellers do you have obviously you have a denture expert but <laughs> do you have buyers that you that call you and they go hey we're looking for this when you have it please make sure to call us and do you have a list of buyers or it's more like no just follow me at estate sales Dot net and you'll find it there. How does that work? I get a lot of phone calls. So you do. I People try to really cut work. down on phone calls. Yeah. If they want to send me a text, maybe, hey, mm-hmm. do you have something coming up? But um, yeah, I my phone is just like blowing up all the time. So I try to keep the number ha- of phone I'm calls sure down. I'm sure you have to refine who you talk to because really you've got to service <laughs> the customers that are giving you the estate yeah. sales and hiring you. Mm-hmm. And you just tell the buyers like, just come just to come. my estate exactly, sales. Oh, they're all on photos. I can't, all... Well, I can't photograph everything if you yes. think about it. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can do like hundreds of photos, but mm-hmm. inevitably there's going to be things discovered after I do my photos and I Absolutely. may not have time to go back and add more photos. So I would love it if
if they came because they're going to probably find something that wasn't in the photos or that they didn't notice in the photos and buy more things that they didn't right. even come So it's for. really like look at the photos, see if something interests you, but come, just come. because you're probably going to find <laughs> more stuff. a lot yeah. more cooler stuff. And then if you come day two or day three, that's when the deals happen. Kelly, what have I missed that you feel like estate sale clients of yours need to know before they call you or reach out to you or another cool mm-hmm. story or anything you should <laughs> think about or like the best time to do estate sales is in the spring and maybe not over the holidays or things like that. Anything else you can share some with us that would be like, tip. yeah. Uh, you know, maybe it's not as interesting as some of the other things that we've talked about, but I, I think that it, it needs to be said that if someone's considering having an estate sale held for them or doing an estate sale, the first thing they should do is call somebody in there like myself to come in and advise mm-hmm. because I, I hear all the time, Every when I go to a consult, oh, I should have called you earlier. We donated this. We throw away that. Yeah. We did this. We did, that. and it's just so disheartening because there's things like ephemera, which is I don't know if you are familiar with no. that word, but it's basically the kind of the definition of ephemera is something that was created a long time ago mm-hmm. that was meant to be thrown away, like Got a it. newspaper, an advertisement. Wow. Uh, it was intended to be thrown away, mm-hmm. but wasn't. Yeah, and now because it's everyone threw it away, yeah, and there's it was intended left. to be, mm-hmm. but it, they didn't throw it away. Whoever owned it didn't throw it away, and now sure. it's collectible. So those kind of things get thrown out by organizers and realtors and family members oh all the time. So you're like. Literally don't, don't touch anything. <laughs> yeah. You could find like Call an old first. Wrigley's pack of gum yeah. and like that's going to have some well, value. They, they, what if they had thrown away that box of staples? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're right. And that movie production company has a big budget and they're like, we need those staples yeah, they on have, an office Now they have desk. to create the prop themselves and spend money. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So, And I also go like, don't sell the cornerstone piece of maybe a collection because that might be what drives a lot of people to come in and maybe bid a a piece up and then they're there because I go, what if someone sells the top three pieces and then what Mm -hmm. do you have to advertise to get people there? And that's, that's craziness. Then they're losing money on everything else. (laughs) So that is fascinating, Kelly. Okay. I love this. I just, I have to tell people who are on this too many people try and do this themselves. People don't understand how much work it is. Just like right. you said, a hundred photos, figuring out how to price them, comping them out, marketing it, getting mm-hmm. it on the right website, setting it up efficiently, then clearing out everything. Mm-hmm. You handle all that at a reasonable fee mm-hmm. and you probably get, I know you do get the clients more money, mm-hmm. which then ultimately justifies your fee. I'm telling our listeners now, just call Kelly, let her do it for you. <laughs> a lot of people don't even know people like you exist for estate sales right. or liquidations or bankruptcies. They've just got to call you. Absolutely. <laughs> and then you take care of it for them. And that's yep. coming from a realtor who has seen it done before and goes like, you've got to call Kelly. So can you tell our listeners where they can find you online, on socials, email, whatnot? Where can they find you if they need to reach out? Yeah, sure. So probably the best place is, well, follow me on Instagram. There's projects on there that aren't displayed online marketing wise any other way, like 
sometimes I do a walkthrough video of my sale before it starts. Now I know it's fast. I usually speed it up. It's like 10 seconds or something and it goes through the entire house and you can't see prices or slow it down or anything, but maybe that item that you're looking for, you can catch it real fast in in there. And you're like, Oh, okay. So I need to go upstairs or whatever. Those are things I can't share in my marketing campaign. So Instagram is great Mm -hmm. to follow me. I believe that my, you're going to tag me, but I believe it's Grace in South Bay Beachside on there. Yes, yeah, Grace yeah, yeah, yeah. in South Bay Beachside, great. And then uh, you could call me. Just go to your website. Or go to my website, Grayson's.com. Mm-hmm. And, and search for, yeah. for, your, for, my for your franchise or then look up the number and call yeah. you. What, what You don't have to give your phone number here, okay. but people can go to the franchise or look at your Instagram and any other ways for them to, to contact you. You feel like those are the I best th- ways. I think those are great. Yeah, those are great Perfect. ways to find me. I love it. Well, Kelly Charlshee, thank you for being here. Grayson, South Bay Beachside, we loved having you. I love And we here. hope you can come back and join <laughs> us again sometime soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, Kelly. Thanks so much and take care. All right, folks, that's a wrap on this week's episode. I'll see you on the next one where I break down historically low inventory, among other fun stats here in the South Bay. Hope you enjoyed this one with Kelly. Take care, and we'll see you on another edition of the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. Until next time. 